Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Canada Horse Podcast, we are spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses from their tack to their trainers to their vet care and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on the Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Welcome back. You're listening to episode number seven of the Canada Horse Podcast. We hope that you've been enjoying the podcast so far, and we are so grateful for all the positive feedback that we've been receiving. We're thrilled to let you know that we have officially reached 1,200 downloads as of yesterday. This is a big deal to us because it means that people are not only just dropping by to take a listen, they're actually sticking around for more. It also tells us that it's not just our family listening out of obligation and that we're creating something that the horse world beyond our back doors is interested in. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you have had an opportunity to hear the earlier episodes, we want you to know that we want to hear from you. Our ears and our inboxes are open for guest and topic ideas. It's easy for you to get in touch with with us, and we appreciate your feedback. So feel free to DM us on Instagram at Informed Equestrian, or you can email us at podcast at informedequestrian.com. So since our last solo episode, we have had some exciting things happening here at Informed Equestrian that we just can't wait to tell you guys about. So a few weeks ago, Nikki told me that she was excited to get on this new social app that I had never heard of before. This app is called Clubhouse, and it is still in beta mode. So in order to get into it, you have to be invited. So Nikki sent me this invite And I never thought about it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, she didn't. (laughs) So then after you send somebody an invite, you can send them a reminder if you see that they haven't used it. So this is what she did. And she had kind of mentioned to me that she's been having some great conversations on there. So after I learned a little bit more, then I decided, okay, I'm going to set up my own profile. I will join. And I am so glad that I did. So since joining Clubhouse, Nikki and I have had the opportunity to expand our equestrian community through meeting equestrians from all over the world, from every level and every discipline. We've had the privilege of listening and participating in some incredible conversations with fellow passionate horse owners and lovers from everything from animal communication and how it can help our horses to to differences in training principles and between different disciplines. One of the most exciting parts of Clubhouse has been having the opportunity to hear from and speak to some horsemen and horsewomen who we have looked up to for a long time. The thing is right now with Clubhouse, we've been talking a lot about it. There are not a lot of people in our Equestrian Connect Club yet in terms of the horse world. So you're having conversations with people easily 
more so than some of the other rooms, there might be thousands of people in there. You really mm-hmm. have an opportunity to speak, right, Nikki? Oh, absolutely. So when we think of like, so Equestrian Connect is a club that's within Clubhouse. And so what happens is like you join this club, there are 4,000 or 5,000 people within that club, but there are regular people that come into these rooms. And really, there's only like 40. I'd say 40 is probably the max I've seen so far in these rooms. So you're having these intimate conversations mm-hmm. with fellow horse owners from all over the world. And yeah, it's just fantastic. So one example of a wonderful opportunity that has been brought to us through the power of Clubhouse is the room that we just hosted this past Sunday with million-dollar reigning professional Matt Mills. We discussed tech and equipment with him, and it was absolutely wonderful. We're so grateful that Matt offered his time to us to facilitate this informative conversation on a platform that's really opening up our world to education and information on a whole new way. So stay tuned for a breakdown of everything we learned from Matt on our episode that will be released in a few short weeks on April 1st. All right, so before we jump into the main topic for today's episode, which personally I adore, I think we should share with everyone how on earth they can get on Clubhouse if they're ready to join the fun on this app. So one limitation, unfortunately, for the new app is that it's only available for iPhone users. And so we apologize to you Android users, but they are looking at getting it out to you. We just don't know exactly when that's gonna be. If you do have an iPhone and you would like to learn more about Clubhouse, feel free to either email us or DM us and uh, we'll let you know if we have any invites available. Okay, Nadine, let's get started in today's into today's conversation because I am so excited for it. Can you tell everyone what we're going to dive into today? I sure can. Today we are sharing some benefits of cross-discipline education for both riders and horses. This is a topic that we have both thought and spoke a lot about over the last couple of months especially, and we really encourage you to be a part of this conversation and let us know your opinions after the episode. All right, so thinking of the benefits of cross-discipline education, we're sharing today three ways that cross-discipline is typically experienced for equestrians and the benefits of each. We believe cross-discipline is valuable for horses and riders, and we're happy to share with all with you all of those today. So Nadine, why don't you share the first way that an equestrian may experience cross-discipline education? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you begin, why don't you actually tell people what we mean by cross-discipline? <laughs> That's a great idea. So When we use the word cross-discipline in this episode, we are referring to looking to or gaining knowledge from any area of riding or working with horses. So that just doesn't mean English or Western. That means driving. That means trail riding. It could be groundwork or liberty, any of the different things that you don't currently do with your horse. So number one, cross-discipline for the horse in the way of versatility is where we compete and train in different areas with the same horse. So for example, if you do reining in the summer or uh, and cattle sorting in the winter, and here in Canada, sometimes we have to break that up. If you're living in a, a warmer climate, you might be able to do the same thing all year round, but you might just decide to do something different with your horse, mm-hmm. um, even though the weather's the same. Absolutely. Another discipline that people tend to toss in there is obstacle work kind of in between. That's something that we've seen a lot of here 
in the Maritimes. So I love this and I also love the benefits for both the horse and the rider. So a few of the benefits of this form of DOS, of DOS, <laughs> of cross-discipline education is first year-round fun and more opportunities for us to just get out and about with our horses. Second would be diverse equestrian friend base. I think this is crucial. The exposure to diverse ideas, practices, and mindsets allows us to find what suits our needs best with our horses. And we're not just making choices based on the people that are closest around us in our own discipline, based on what they're doing, using, or believing. The third would be well-rounded and exposed horses and riders. I think that's absolutely crucial. And then the fourth would be a fresh perspective for horses and riders. So Nadine, I know that this is something that both of us have experience in, but do you want to just speak to how you work this into your training with your horses? Absolutely. So I have been practicing reining with my own horse for the last couple of years, but recently I've gotten into ranch riding as well. And something that I've learned from ranch riding is how important the transitions are. So transitions are really important in reining and in ranch riding, but it's the smoothness and the um, willingness with the horse that really helps between both of them. Also the obstacles and trail riding. I like to trail ride my horses in the backwoods and all down the road and things like that. And I think it's really important for any horse, I, I do believe, to have exposure. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. When I think of this with my current horse, I've done this with other horses in the past where like we have used our penning horses for trail competitions. Mm-hmm. But if I'm thinking specifically about my horse Ford, I got him as a rainer. That's my plan with him. That's my goal with him. And when I first got him, I was like, 100%, I am not taking this horse on cows because we run ranch sorting shows. So like, that's our thing. We we have cows out the back door. And that's what my husband would love to be able to see me do all the time. <laughs> and so my horse has cow breeding, but also has reining breeding. So, you know, the first time the cows came in, he was super, super intrigued by them, like very excited. And he's really laid back. So it actually gave me a little bit of perspective in saying like, okay, I know better than to be this close-minded about this discipline. And I can see the benefits to bringing cow work into my work with my Rainer. So I have no plans at this time of actually sorting on him but even as soon as last week I brought the cows out and he had so much fun like he I was bringing them back from pen to pen for the other riders um, and I actually did a little bit of hole work with him because he's sticky going from his stop into his backup and it was a perfect opportunity to work the thing that I'm having a challenge with with reining in a different uh, setting that actually gave him motivation and it gave him a why to why he needed to hustle himself backwards because he had to go and, and catch that cow. So it was a great motivator for both of us and I'll continue to kind of bring that into his training and we'll also do some obstacles because they're fun. I think that's awesome. The thought of being able to work on a problem that you might be having in a different way that it's just a different approach. And I think when Matt mm. Hudson was on a couple episodes episodes ago, he talked about taking a young horse out of the arena mm-hmm. and that just gave her a fresher mindset. And then mm-hmm. he would know that she would trust him a little bit more when she comes back into the ring. So I think that's another part of it. Oh, yeah. 
One thing I would love to talk about right now that is not necessarily the benefits of the cross-discipline training, but something that you just touched on is the reason why you were not going to do cows with Mm. your horse. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we need to also be aware of the um, negative impact it can have Mm -hmm. if we do something different with our horse and how that can affect their mindset also. Absolutely. um, If we don't do it in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have an opinion on this too, and I know that you do too because you're sitting and looking and going like, oh, I want to talk to you about it. (laughs) No, no, no. So I think that part of being a responsible owner and having expectations of our horses is understanding what the different disciplines, what the demand is on our horses, both mentally and physically. So for example, I will not use my reiner who I expect to excel at a specific, at a specific level, right? So I expect to be able to continue his reining training and to be able to go into the ring and have him perform at a certain level. I would not use him per let's say and this is this is no with no insult whatsoever, but let's say a roping clinic came into town. I wouldn't use him specifically for that roping clinic because I know that I'm not educated enough in that discipline with my hands to not take apart something that I would not that I have in there for reining, but I might take my husband's horse who is a sorter and penner and is used to the faster pace and used to all that sort of thing. And I can, I probably have more faith that if I take something apart by, you know, being a little less aware while I'm learning that I can actually put it back together. But like if I'm going to unnecessarily pull on my horse's face because I'm dealing with a rope and I'm dealing with chasing after cows and I'm less aware of my hands, I want to make sure that I'm not punishing the horse on the other side because I've taken something away from them. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And I always sit here. This is the first time that we've recorded the podcast together. And now Nikki is getting to see my reactions in like (laughs) real time. And so she's seeing me get like more and more excited. And it's just because she's touching on things. We haven't had this part of the conversation already. And so I think those are really, really great points. And then you just reminded me of something else while you were saying that. So I was thinking of it in terms of cues. So you were thinking of it in, I I mean, mindset in that way where you're accidentally pulling on a horse because you're learning something new too. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of it as I might not do, because in ranch riding they do trotting Mm -hmm. and they don't do sliding stops, but they do stop. And so you have to be careful if you're going to do both. Lots of people do do them in the same weekend, but you need to be very mindful of what your exact cue is for your sliding Mm -hmm. stop versus just your halt. Mm-hmm. And for your trot to lope to stop or your walk to lope versus the trot. So it's it, you just have to be extra careful that you're very, very clear with your horse if you're going to do things that are mm-hmm. similar like mm-hmm. that also. So, oh my God, that's such a good point. It's not where my mind went at all, but I'm so glad that you brought that up. And that's why we uh, love doing this sort of stuff together because (laughs) our minds go in such different directions. Um, But no, that's a really, really good point. And I think that a lot of times what happens is we actually forget that we're putting in specific cues for our horses and we tend to blur our cues and our pressures anyway with just any discipline. Mm-hmm. So then let's say we add something else in there, then our horses actually get punished because they're confused. So if we can make sure that we're super black and white about what is my cue 
for what I'm asking for right now and then what is my resulting pressure if that cue isn't translated Mm -hmm. then I think you can do that really well I think Mm -hmm. that's how you create a sound minded and versatile horse at the same time absolutely so I think it's really important if we're going to speak about the benefits that we sometimes touch on the reasons why um, it can be an issue as well so yeah with that maybe we'll move into our sponsor message before we uh, get to our second cross-discipline education benefit We'd like to thank our sponsor, Pache Motors, the largest Ram HD dealer in Atlantic Canada. They are family owned and operated and their highly trained staff know trucks, towing and hauling better than anyone. I want to just say that I absolutely love my new 1500 Ram. She, Her name is Betty White and she is my new love. Her and I were meant to be together and it is just, I can't wait till someday I can haul, haul a horse trailer with her. So, Oh my gosh, I actually met Betty White yesterday <laughs> for the very first time. Got to sit in Betty White yesterday for the first time that's weird and oh she she is absolutely lovely and remind me before we leave I want to look at your tailgate oh it is so cool yeah it opens sideways or down so it's really really convenient I did put up a story about how I can like put my feed right into the back and I don't have to reach over the tailgate so yeah real uh, Pache's was really great they showed me how to do all the cool features they you know called and texted to check up and make sure everything was going great so if you are looking for a vehicle to haul your horses or your family make sure you give Pache's a call wonderful all right let's get into the second way equestrians can experience cross-discipline education and its benefits this is another one that Nadine and I have both had personal experience with and it's when a rider switches disciplines entirely for example Um, Like for ourselves, going from learning to ride in English tack and then making the choice to switch to Western. Yes, this is one that happens often. I would love to talk about the benefits that we have seen. So one would be creating a solid riding foundation. So when you can take pieces from different things, you really understand more about why you're doing something. Having uh, Number two would be having the opportunity to choose for ourselves what we want to do with our horses versus having it decided for us as children and just sticking with it because it is what we have always just done. So maybe you grew up in an area and there was just one thing that was available and that's what you did, but you learn as you get older that there's something that you would prefer to do more. Number three would be it can take some pressure off and allow you the challenge of learning something new and the grace of being a beginner again. Some of us just really like a challenge and sometimes it's just about, okay, I did this for a long time and now I really just want to start over, start fresh and try something brand new. And I think it's great to talk about the pressure side of things too because when you get to a certain level of competition with your horse, sometimes you realize that that is not necessarily one where you want to stay. And you you might even feel like your like head is hitting the ceiling and you're like, this might be as far as I want to go here. Um, for instance, I guess I could speak about my personal experience in that when I was jumping, it's like, you know, you go from your small pony and then you go to your, your medium pony, your large pony, and the jumps just increase little by little. Mm-hmm. And then I remember switching from my large pony and into my children hunters And then it was the next switch that really I felt my head hit the ceiling. I was like, 
I am not comfortable when the jumps go over, let's say, three foot nine. Like it, when when someone says to me that jump is four foot, that's when I started doubting myself. That's when I started mm-hmm. questioning my distances. That's when I started noticing that fear was influencing my ability to ride. And it wasn't a situation that I was sitting there and going, I need to push myself through this. I knew that my comfort level was at a certain place and my interest in jumping was not enough to push me beyond that simply because of my safety. So then I applied all of like the things that I loved about my English career and that's how I landed on reigning is by being like this is what I really enjoyed in the English world and this is what I enjoy about my experience so far in the Western world. How can I combine these? Oh my gosh, this other discipline seems to be a perfect combination of those two things. That is so well said. And I I really appreciate the thought that a person could put into that and be like, look, I've really loved jumping at this point, but now all of a sudden this is past my comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that there are, you can get that, you can get that jumpers high somewhere mm-hmm. else, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, we're advocates for pushing past your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. This is not me saying like, you get to your edge and you're like, nope, nope, stop there. But recognizing when that edge is actually influencing the safety of both you and your horse. And I specifically remember a day where I was in a lesson with a phenomenal coach. Her name is Jen Sarsfield. And it was for, I was on the Acadia equestrian team and uh, she put the fences up and I was on a horse that was new to me. He was very large and I pulled him off of a fence because I couldn't read my distance. And I remember the look on her face like, oh my gosh, how dare you? I felt so bad, but I knew that I was set, I was, I was just uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I knew that I was going to set him up incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that's the last time I jumped height was that day because I knew that that just wasn't where I needed to be. And I find so much joy in other places in riding. And I love hopping around mm-hmm. and like going around a nice little course, but I definitely don't feel like I want to go out and jump four feet. Like that's just not my jam now. So I think that's really important to know yourself. And I think that as you were saying that, it made me think of something else. There's another reason why you might change disciplines and it might not necessarily have to do with um, your interests, but maybe it has to do with health reasons or Mm. physical reasons. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there are miniature horses. People do driving with miniature horses. People do um, courses. As as you change age, like Mm -hmm. as we get older, I don't know about you, but I've gotten less brave. Mm -hmm. Um, So there might be a discipline that you've done. There's something to that too. And I just had this conversation with another, a fellow mom this Mm -hmm. week. And it might have less to do with our age and more have to do with the fact that we're moms and we have this survival instinct that we know we have somebody we have to come home to. Right. You have different responsibilities and you have different priorities, I guess, as, as you go. And definitely there are people our age with kids that are still out there doing these things that we might not do so much anymore but I think that for some people you get to a certain stage and you think okay maybe I'm just gonna scale it back a little bit and do something a little bit different that I enjoy just as much so Mm -hmm. I guess basically what we're saying is if you physically can't do what you used to do or if you don't enjoy it anymore Mm -hmm. the way that you used to do there are so many options that you can choose 
Absolutely. Okay, so I think there's one more way we should discuss before we wrap this up. This one is really important. So it is when a rider chooses to stick to a specific discipline with their horse. However, they seek advice and knowledge from trainers and riders in other disciplines. So Nikki, why do you think this is so important? Oh my gosh, I I can't even help but just bring this back to Clubhouse for a second. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Sorry. But... This is, I had a, I I listened in on a conversation between Warwick Schiller, Dan James, and Matt Mills. So Warwick has the reigning background, but is kind of stepping out of the competitive realm and really looking at like the mind of the horse and the groundwork and on just horsemanship in general. Then you have Dan James, who's a Liberty trainer, and then you have Matt Mills, who's a reiner. And they were talking about like the different benefits and the different, um, ideas and training methods within disciplines and it was a phenomenal conversation to Mm -hmm. listen to so it was just nice to be able to hear them have these open conversations and you could tell that these these individuals are open to learning from different disciplines and apply it to their own discipline. Like it was just, it was just fantastic. Well, uh, you may or may not know this. I asked Jim Anderson one time if he rec- had any books that he would recommend, and his first one was about classical dressage. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so obviously this is something that we've been thinking about and and really diving into a little bit more lately. Um, but I'm I'm just absolutely thrilled that we actually have to or have the opportunity to have this conversation together today. And I think the main benefits to riders seeking advice beyond their specific discipline is to keep an open mind through solution-based thinking. So each discipline has training methods, exercises, and experience that can help us no matter what our tack looks like. So for example, learning about the biomechanics from a dressage rider might or will Mm -hmm. (laughs) help us as reiners understand our horses better and how we are looking for them to move different exercises to have them move optimally and then there's a form of groundwork that's really been intriguing me lately and a friend of mine is diving into it a bit deeper and is has invited me to kind of come along a little bit so when I have some extra time (laughs) I tend to I I have a tendency to like say I want to do all these things but it's uh it's hard to fit it all in so when I have time I'm going to look further into the groundwork around straightness training. She um, she is a huge advocate for it, and her horses look lovely. So um, what's another benefit to applying training principles outside of your discipline, Nadine? Well, I think that the open mind approach and the problem solving is for sure at the top of the list. But I think another one, which we already touched on, which is expanding our circle to make sure that we are not only seeing the horse world through the lens of a a closed circle. The horse world has so many amazing people in it, but has a reputation at times of having a lack of support and encouragement. And if you feel this way, you may just need to look to new places where equestrians are hanging out to find your crowd. And I think that sometimes when we have been around people for a long time, they have a certain opinion and um, expectation of you. And sometimes you change and evolve and you may not necessarily be the horseman or equestrian that you always were. And and especially if you've been reading a lot and if you're online learning new things and, and just improving yourself – and, and if some of your other people in your circle are not, they may not understand quite where you're at at this time. And you know what? The greatest thing is that there are so many other circles and people that you can find. Oh, 
Absolutely. It's it's really interesting too because I find the more we spend time with groups of people, rather than people becoming fonder, they actually start to like pick each other apart mm-hmm. instead of instead of continue to encourage and grow and and push each other. So like I think of somebody who comes into um, a discipline and they're brand new and people are like, oh my God, that person's so nice. Like I really like that person. And then two years down the road, they're sitting in the bleachers and they're talking behind their back versus to their face. And it's not quite as kind anymore Mm -hmm. so if you find that that is taking place first of all it's a great place for personal reflection but the other is that it offers us this opportunity to say like you know have I outgrown the people that I'm around do I need to go and look for the places where the more positive conversations are taking place and I think when we're when we're looking at this I think we should not restrict ourselves to our own discipline so Mm -hmm. it's really a matter of making sure that we're not saying, well, there's no value in me being uh, reaching out to uh, the dressage community. There's no value in me going to a cattle penning when I'm a hunter rider. Um, there's tons of value, not only in the fact that you're going to see different things with horses, but you're going to see different circles of people and different ways that people interact. I had a great experience. The first time I went to a reigning show, I felt incredibly supported Mm -hmm. like I could not have felt more supported and I think there's a lot of stories probably more stories of people going to shows and being new and actually we have some stories today we're going to share but being new and feeling that support and I think it's important that we make sure that we're offering the people that we know and we have seen for a long time, mm-hmm. the same amount of support and encouragement of the people that we don't know as well yes. and are new into yes. the industry. Yes, I 100% agree. And that's where I didn't want this to go down like a negative path yeah. because I think we both have like majority mm-hmm. positive experiences and the most people that we've been around it have been supportive of each other. I just think like compassion and connection mm-hmm. and community are just so important. Mm-hmm. And whether you're listening and you felt judged or if you're listening and you've judged someone and maybe you thought we better of have. it. We have, mm-hmm. yes. And I think just like choose choose better next time, that's mm-hmm. all. And yeah. and just look for the people that you can support look for the people that look like they're new and struggling and it really makes a difference Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more okay and I could talk about that all day long so I'm going to (laughs) I'm going to stop this stuff is all so good and again remember we want to hear from you you we want you to be a part of these conversations so if any anything that we've said resonates with you please just touch base with us share your story we'd love to hear from you so we could talk about this for hours but why don't we stop there and hop into our favorite segment You tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. Today, we are going to talk about what is a situation where you've gone out of your comfort zone to learn something about another discipline. So Nikki, why don't you start with your story? Okay, this is funny because our stories are similar and this was just a total coincidence. Mm -hmm. So when I first met my husband, I was a hunter rider and I... I, had, I don't think I'd ever really, no, I think I'd sat in a Western saddle like once other than on trail rides. And so when I kind of came along and we started dating, 
Uh, he was a cattle penner, but for some strange reason, he thought I should barrel race. I think maybe because <laughs> my like, sister was uh, barrel racing. I was thinking just like the, you know, like the, the cowboy typical, and yeah. the barrel racer. <laughs> yeah. I have never asked him this question. I should really ask him. Um, so I like, I went to a couple barrel clinics with my cattle penning horses that I was acquiring through him, but there was one in particular that I remember and it was one where like he was working I was a teacher at the time so I had uh I had summers off so he literally like packed me up in the trailer with this little horse her name is Nova she is not a barrel horse uh she actually really at this time loved to go slow and uh we uh he packed me up and he took me to PEI and there was I don't even remember who the clinician was but I remember meeting some people there that I know now and have known since then and are fantastic and I was there by myself and like I showed up and I went to this clinic and I met some great people and I learned things I was completely out of my comfort zone but it was a really good opportunity to just like go and have some fun and like it was the complete opposite of my experience as a hunter rider it was just crazy it was fun yeah yeah that is that is so funny I just the thought of just going from English to barrel racing yeah yeah Yeah. I can see him doing that though I see him being like this is you go ahead yeah um actually I remember the I was it was Canada day and uh, I was in Halifax with one of my best friends of the time and I'm like at a concert for Canada Day and he called me and he's like okay we're going to this barrel clinic and I was like what or what I'm not okay I'm getting into the world western (laughs) so okay I'm gonna tell my story and then I have a question for you okay so my story is also about going to a barrel racing clinic with my little um, green boat broke Rainer. So I had him and basically I had been out of horses for uh, a few years. And when I got back in, I just, I not only didn't want to do raining, but I really wanted to be open-minded and try all the things. And so I was like going to just jump into anything I could get into. And my husband took me down into the country in the middle of nowhere for this barrel racing clinic with people I did not know and I just, I just, I was okay with that. You know, we, we're independent women. We could just go be by ourselves with strangers. And it was so fun. And I met all new people. I didn't know one person. And like Nikki, I know some of these people better now. And they were very welcoming and so understanding. And I didn't feel judged at all that I was like, my horse didn't know how to run or anything. It was the very first introduction to mm-hmm. the pattern of pole bending or barrel racing. And so my question to you is, did you go into it thinking you were going to run? Yeah, I would say. did you walk and trot a lot? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I realized some things when I started doing this this clinic that it was more about the pattern and keeping your horse up straight. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of our listener story. (laughs) that we're gonna share (laughs) we have the best listener story from this this is our friend rusty and so years and years ago she decided that she was going to get an endurance horse and she was going to go to the atlantic canada trail riding association endurance race at this time she didn't even know the difference between the different endurance races and so the first one she shows up all by herself again just like us new people new discipline completely Oh, and we should add that she also had bought a endurance horse from Texas for, like, she was like, yeah, I'm all in. I'm doing this. And so she was on an endurance horse 
ready to do the things. Yes. So she shows up and it is a judged ride. And so we're actually going to learn. Judged pleasure ride. Yeah, judged pleasure ride. And so you need to pace yourself for this. We're going to learn a lot more about endurance uh, mm. riding actually in our next episode. I won't go too much more into that. But she had the mindset that she needed to go fast, fast, fast out of the gate. And she said it was about a 15-mile ride. And she took off. She was late because she was new and she was getting things done. And she had to go through the pre-vetting process where they check your horse all over and they have to look at them tacked and untacked and whether they're clean or not. And then she saw them kind of like looking at her a little sideways when they handed her her card back. And it turns out that her horse's bum was a little dirty. <laughs> and her horse is not dirty back there. But she didn't even know that those were things that you had to actually be sure of, that you're cleaning and sponging every little piece of dirt off of your horse before you go so she takes off from the gate she's one of the last to leave she just I can't I can't do it justice the way that she told the story <laughs> no absolutely not because if you knew Rusty if you are listening and you know Rusty I know you're gonna have a smile on your face because Rusty was one of the last to leave she's on her Arab Tex who's an endurance horse Rusty's at a race so rusty races <laughs> and she was like having the time of her life and she passed everyone <laughs> so she gets to the she gets to the finish line she's about the second horse that crosses the finish line but little did she know it is a judge pleasure race so you're not supposed to come in it's not like the first one that crosses the finish line wins so she said that was a very big learning curve for her. Everyone was so friendly and helpful and accommodating. She really said that she learned a lot and she wasn't put off by it at all. She continued to go back to these and mm-hmm. she wouldn't change a thing. And mm-hmm. so right now it's just like a total laughing moment. And I'm sure at the time like she was just like, oh, oh didn't have a clue. <laughs> absolutely. And it's really funny because uh, in our clinics, we actually have a lot of endurance riders that come to our clinics. And it's like a game for me now. Because every single endurance rider that we have had knows Rusty. Oh, every single that is one. Wonderful. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. great. So that's our you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. And we would love to hear your stories of just like stepping out of your comfort zone, trying something new. How was it received? Did you have an embarrassing moment? Did you have a fun moment? How did you feel? And did it result in you like, doing the thing or Mm. did you just try it once and decide that one and done or did you make new friends yeah who you still talk to today we'd love to hear okay so that does it for today we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode and we cannot wait for you to hear it because i think this is the perfect lead into Mm -hmm. it absolutely bye for now everyone bye guys thanks for listening today If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada.
Thanks for listening today. If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada.